Let us stand that God's blessings might be invoked upon these gifts. All things.
Church say amen. Church say amen again. On the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Father, we thank you for a brand new, beautiful new year of 2012. God, we thank you for bringing us through the problems and pitfalls of 2011 and how you've proved yourself faithful. Every time we got in trouble, you pulled us out. Every time we had a need, you fulfilled it. When we gave up on ourselves, you never gave up on us. God, you're our refuge, our strength, our very present help in the time of trouble. And as we launch into this brand new new year, give us a new attitude, a new aptitude, a new altitude. Bless your word to your people. Convict, convince, if need be convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. I want to thank our faithful, committed choir, amen, and director and musicians for timely music. Hallelujah. I think now that I understand what Paul said when he said, I don't want to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. That all other ground is really sinking sand. Can I get a witness? That everything else that we place confidence in means nothing unless Jesus is first. I want to again applaud you as a congregation for your diligence, dedication, and stick to to truth. This morning, we're in Colossians chapter 3, and all this year, our theme is renewed. I'll be dealing with a renewed focus this morning, a renewed formula next week for life, a renewed finish, a renewed fight, a renewed family, renewed finances, and a renewed faith in the fire. We're going to be dealing with this subject matter of renewal. In chapter 3, verse 1, and, and, and I'm going to be dealing with this entire chapter, but I'm going to try to do it as expeditiously as possible. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If, in the Greek is since, you have been risen 
with Christ. If you're saved, you've been risen. It doesn't make sense, sense. It doesn't make sense, sense. Eye examinations are critical as our vision tends to change with age and unforeseen difficulties. And these difficulties impair our vision and we must schedule to see an optometrist for a test of our vision. And whenever we go to get our vision tested, and I've mentioned this to you before, we are placed in a dark room and there is a lighted chart some distance away and we are asked to read the smallest line. And most of us, if you're like me, I sit there and I used to have 2020s, but that was many, many moons ago. So I pick a line that I know is very small and yet I'm trying to read it and I think I have mastered the line only to find out after the test that not one letter was right. <laughs> and, 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 and the optometrist will place patches or something over each eye because he's testing the strength of each eye. Do I have a witness? And after we blow the test and get it wrong, then he moves this machine in place and he lowers the machine over our eyes and he starts to shift lenses. And as he's shifting the lenses, everything that was dense becomes clear. And to us, it feels good. Oh yeah, P, S, T, U. We, we see it clearly, but to the optometrist, it, it only indicates to him how thick our bifocal will be when he's finished. And spiritually, whenever God wants to show us our sense of spiritual sight, God allows us to be placed in a dark environment with a small, dense light. And how we respond to the truth and the trust and the triumph and the transference determines to God just how far we are away from seeing truth. And the Holy Spirit changes our lenses by flashing in front of us knowledge so that we can learn, amen, how to discern what we could not discern before. The book of Colossians is a prison epistle written by the Apostle Paul. He's in jail, and while in jail, he meets a young man named Onesimus, who is a runaway slave of another man, amen, and he leads this Onesimus to Jesus Christ and then tells Onesimus to take a letter to his owner, his boss, his slave owner, Philemon to 
Ask Philemon to please accept him back into the fold without incident. Epaphras and Onesimus take this letter to the church at Colossae, and this letter is critical because it is an apologetic, meaning it is a defense for truth. It is a church that's suffering from doctrinal errors, such as Gnosticism, which Gnosticism is an ism, it's a belief of a much deeper and profound knowledge. And Gnostics believed, both here and in 1 John, that all matter, matter, anything with molecules, matter, all matter was evil. And since all matter is evil, their deductive reasoning said that Jesus Christ could not have been God in the flesh because God would never allow perfection in matter. They denied the deity of Jesus Christ. Not only were they combating Gnosticism, they were combating asceticism, which is an Eastern philosophy that if I abstain from meats, if I abstain, uh, if, if I get into certain diets and days and disciplines, if I run on my treadmill enough miles a day and work out and watch my eating, it, it became a cultic, amen, belief that I can live a life that I would be seen as perfect. Uh, we see a lot of asceticism today where people actually worship working out. Amen. They worship it. It's not to keep their body in shape. They worship it. We see asceticism. We see doceticism. We see Gnosticism. We, we, we see Judy, listen, Judaism, uh, amen, which is a pulling up of Old uh, Testament um, celebrations, days, rites, and, and all of the things they did in the Old Testament, and, 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 and then syncretism, which is a doctrine of harmonizing a whole bunch of beliefs together. So the city was into astrology, they were into everything, and Paul comes along, and he's dealing with the deity of Jesus Christ as Lord, that he's Lord, and that he's laying down some elementary truths concerning Christ. Number one, that Christ not only died for us, which is substitution, listen to pastor, but we died with Christ, which is identification. If you live only by substitution without identification, you're blind. Substitution dealt with the penalty from hell but identification deals with the power from the grave. All right. And we need to understand as Christians that yes, Jesus died for me in my place, that's substitution, but I need identification. I need to know that when he died, listen to this, I died. And if I'm dead with him, I'm dead to sin. Sin no longer has power over me. Romans chapter 6. Do I have a witness up in the house? And, 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 and so one of the things that Paul begins to deal with in this text is to look at three powerful lenses, these sights, and one of the things we need to understand, the word look is synonymous with belief. Yeah. 
Psalm 121, Sister Hicks, I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Well, the psalmist is not talking about looking at actual hills. He's talking about looking at the creator of the hills. Can I get a witness? Believing the creator of the hills. Yeah. And, 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 and Jesus came along and said, any man, woman, or child, putting his hand to the plow and looking back is not worthy. That when you come to Christ and you start looking back, amen, you have spiritual problems in your life. It's Lot's wife turned to a pill of salt because she looked back. Amen. And what you believe, listen, determines how you behave. Lord have mercy. That, 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 that when you, see, see, in this whole argument, and I want to get through this as expeditiously as possible, uh, there, there are two theological views in systematic theology. The Arminian view, which is a view of works, and the Calvinistic view, which is a view of grace. And when we go to extremes on either way, either way, we are in error. That is, the Arminian view says you got to work, amen, we don't work to be saved, after we save, we work. Amen. Work out your salvation, for it is God that worked it in. Do I have a witness? You're not working for, you're working out. You can only work out what he's already worked in. What the Holy Spirit has worked in is the package of redemption, and now, by an act of your will, you got to work it out. Can I get a witness? You got to pray, you got to read your word, you got to stay in fellowship, you got to walk in the light. Do I have a witness up in the house? Hey, amen. And that's the Arminian, but, but, the, but the Calvinistic view, there are some people that cheapen grace. Paul says in Romans 6, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? And he said, God forbid. Whatever you do, don't do that. Don't live ragged lives thinking you're safe. There, there, there are two sides to this argument. So it's here in Colossians that Paul identifies three powerful things dealing with focus. And whatever you do in 2012, we need to keep our focus. And our focus is always Jesus. Not your career, not money, not fame, not power, not notoriety. It's Jesus. Our focal point is always Jesus. I want you to see, first of all, the believer's visionary objective in verses 1 to 4, right here in chapter 3. Are you with me? Now, the reason we have difficulty with practicing truth in our lives, truth, trust, and triumph, is because our vision is impaired by our personal rights, by our preferred pleasures. Yeah, and, 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 and so one of the things that the Apostle Paul begins to do is deal with this matter of focal point. Now, 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 let me stop falling apart. My focus comes off of Jesus Christ many times when I'm depressed, when I'm going through difficulties, come on now, talk back to me, 
I'm not the only one in this. When I feel defeat in my life, are you with me? And when there's some dilemma, I just don't believe God is going to work out. I, I said four things this, this morning. Amen. Defeat, difficulties, dilemma. And when there is some, something in my life, I just don't believe God's going to handle it on this side of Zion. I begin to take my eyes off of him. I played baseball. I played organized baseball all my life. Here, here's what we were taught. We were taught when you are in a stance and, and you don't see this on TV, you, you don't hear it on TV, you got to pick up the ball when it leaves the pitcher's hands. You can't sit there and just start swinging. You got to pick up the ball. Your focal point is the pitcher's hand. The minute that ball leaves his hands and the good hitters can pick up the spin that's on the ball coming towards them. Now, now, listen to me now. Listen to me now. Your focal point, and I, 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 I even saw one baseball player, he would sit in the dugout while the opposing pitcher was throwing his fastball, 90-something miles an hour, and he would time how long it took that ball to get from his hand to the plate. And he would go 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. Bing, the ball is there. Three seconds, 1,000. So when he gets up the bat, he's going like this. The minute the ball leaves the pitcher's hand, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003 steps, boom. It's that sophisticated. It's called focal point. If you and I don't keep our focal points, if we don't keep focus in life spiritually, we're going to get derailed. We're going to be all over the place. Can I get away? And we're going to wake up and say, how did I get here? How did this happen to me? What happened? It's because you did not keep your focal point. Look at the three things in the text. First, look above verse 1. He says, since you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Now, now the obvious question is, well, what things which are what things are above the things that are important to Jesus Christ? Your, 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 your relationship, your fellowship, your righteousness. Can I get a witness? Where Christ is sitting at the right hand side of God. It is a rested position. Listen, it's a rested position, amen, that involves no work and no worry, just wisdom. I'm going to rest in Jesus in 2012. I'm not going to get worked up and worried about every little thing. I'm just going to rest in Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to stop worrying and working. I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to let go and let God. I'm just going to rest in Jesus. I'm going to leave the results up to him. There, 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 is, there, there is looking above, but then verse, verse 2 and 3, there's looking with affection. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. That's a great member. Even when she got to go to the bathroom, she's shouting. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Set, set your affection on things above. Think about your affections 
on earth. God says, put this stuff up there. Do I have a witness? Set, set your affections on things above. Amen. Not trying to be famous. or, or Amen. Not trying to uh, be financially stable. Not trying to have a plan to make you great. Just set all of your emotional stuff on him. Lord, have mercy. Lord, you are my emotion. Yeah. You, you are my stabilization. You you, you you are what I need. He, he talks about looking above, looking affectionately. Then he talks about looking for God's appearance when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Maranatha. Christians are supposed to be looking for his return. We ain't, we ain't looking for his return. Some of us don't even hope he returns. Some of us don't even want him to return. Can I get a witness? But, but when you are focused on him, you're even, every, every day could be a day of his return. And I don't want my Lord to come back and find my life ragged. Right? I, I don't want my Lord to come back and find me out of fellowship. I don't want the Lord to come back and find me divided. He talks about a believer's visionary objective. That our focal point ought to be Jesus. And this is a discipline through the Spirit. Because naturally, our focal point is us. What have you done for me lately? What's in it for me? Listen to this. Paul moves, secondly, not only from the believer's visionary objective, but the believer's venomous operation. Look at the enlightenment in verses 5 to 12. Real quick, the work of the believer is to become cleansed from filth. Now we were born in sin, shaping in iniquity. Are you with me? Yeah, you ain't gotta say man. I'll say it for you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, for those cutie pies out there, Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, amen, talks about, don't turn, there are sins of the flesh, which is pleasure, and there are sins of the spirit, which is pride. Typically, the ones that are in the flesh a, 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 and the ones that have pride don't have fleshly problems. And, and, and God says both of them are equally damaging. Pride is what Lucifer turned into Satan with. And, and, and come on now. And, and the pollution of pleasure can interfere, disrupt, dismantle your relationship in Jesus Christ. Do I have a witness? Here she come back. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. It's my amen corner. Thank you, Jesus. Ain't nobody else saying amen. Come on, baby. Don't go to the bathroom no more. Stay right there. Look, look, look at it. Look at it. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, so Paul, Paul begins in verse 5 by using a 16th century Shakespearean word, mortify. Now, the New Testament, the King James Virgin, Version, let me get this right, was written with Shakespearean type of language because King James was in the 14, 15, 1600s, uh, probably the 15, 1600s. So he says mortify, which means put to death. It, mean, it means to put to death, therefore, your members. Now notice the word therefore, meaning if you're really looking for the return of Christ, you ought to be busy putting together your flesh, putting to death your flesh. Can I get a witness? Yeah, putting together, you will not 
be part of this church and this pastor makes you feel comfortable with your sinful, worldly attitudes and think you just going to bust into heaven everything all right. It ain't happening up in this church. You got to repent like everybody else got to repent. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you got a will to be clean. Can I get a witness? Things I used to. And those that continue to practice sin are going to hell. Those, those that think they're going to get in with just substitution and no identification is in for a trick. Look what he says here. Mortify, put to death fornication, point in there. Put to death uncleanness. Yeah, which is another word for impure, filthy thoughts. Are you with me? Uh-huh. Put to death inordinate affection. And the word inordinate actually means anything out of the ordinary. Romans 1. Where men are with men, women are with women. Put to death, I'm preaching now, evil concupiscence, which is a deeper, kinky type of desire, and covetousness, that's lusting for what somebody else has that you don't have. Can I get a witness? He says that there, there are sexual, social, and spiritual stuff here. He says, put it to death. Through what? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't put it to death, but he can. But you got to will it to want to be put to death. You got to say, Lord, put this stuff to death. Because there's something working in my flesh that I like and I don't want to get rid of. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, give me the power, give me the wherewithal to put this stuff to death. Help me to take this stuff to the altar and crucify it. Help me to put this stuff on a cross and crucify it. Help me to condemn the very thing I love doing and crucify it. Now, in your flesh, what you love, you got to kill through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness, child of God? But then in verse 6, he deals with the discipline to the disobedient. For which things sake the wrath cometh on the children. Notice the word children denotes relationship of disobedience. That if you persist in lifestyles contrary to the Spirit of God, God says, I'm coming after you. It's right here. Look at verse 7 and 9. Discontinue to the diet of the old nature, in the which ye also walked sometime when you lived in them. Now, then we live in them. Come on, y'all ain't got to be quiet this morning on me. Didn't we live in it? Yeah, we lived in it. Cabarets, honky tonks, parties. Yeah, acting a fool, as the old folk used to say. I, I, was, I, was talking to some of our, I was talking to our youth pastor and some of our youth leaders, and here's what I told them, and, and Bruce, I want you to bear this out. Um, growing up in the 50s and 60s, I understood something about church that has changed. Them old folk in church wasn't trying to be relevant. They were righteous. We could not bring the miracle, the temptations, and the four tops in church. Come on now, doctor. That stuff stayed on the outside, on WDAS, 
in Philadelphia. Can I get a witness? We could, they, they weren't trying to be relevant. Too many youth departments are trying to be relevant. So they say, well, you know, the kid's going to do it anyway, so we just need to let them, don't let them do nothing. There ought to be a line of demarcation between the church and the world. Can I get a witness? That you, you can't bring the world in the church and you, you can't, you, you can't, you can't let the people of God experience worldly things thinking it's going to make it better. No, that's backwards. Our job is to put a wall. What you do at home, you ain't doing here. What you sing at home, you ain't singing here. Yeah, how you act in school, you ain't acting here. We are a church, an ecclesia, called out ones, righteous. We love the Lord. Can I get a witness? And if they don't want to come in because we're not relevant, let them take their behinds somewhere else. Yes, we are the body of Jesus Christ. Look at it, look at it, look at this, look at it. I know y'all don't like it. Because you, you know why? Because you're blind, you need glasses. Look at this. He says, but now in verse 8, put off, metaphor, getting dressed, put off all of these anger. Uh-oh, now, wait, wait, he just left the sexual. Now some of y'all are smiling at the sexual. Because you ain't, you ain't, you, you, you don't have those urges. But now, anger. Yeah, I hate you. I wish you were dead. I can't stand you. I'm preaching now. Wrath, go to heaven. Mm. I'm talking about church folk too. Yeah, uh, look, 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 look what it says. Malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Stop lying to one another. See, you have put off the old man with his deed and put on a new man, which is renewed in the knowledge of the image of him that created him, where there is no distinction in Christ. But verse 12, put on as the elect of God, holy. Beloved, bowels, 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 tons of mercy. We ought to be merciful people. The problem in the church, you don't have merciful people. You have, you, you have mercenaries. Can I get a witness? Uh, bowels of mercy. Lord, have mercy. Kindness. Humbleness of my meekness. Long-suffering. Forbearing or putting up with one another. Forgiving one another. Now look what he says in verse 13. If any man ever quarrel against any, as Christ. Oh, here it is forgave you, you ought to forgive somebody else. And above all these things, Sister Hicks, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. Love is not what's best for me. Love is what's best for you. Mm. My Lord. A new focal point. But finally, he deals with a believer's victorious overcoming. Look at verse 15 real quick. He begins with the rule. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. 
in 2012, stop trying to control and make all the calls. Let the umpire make the call. See, when you play ball, amen, I, I remember getting up the, the back and the, I would think the ball's on the outside and the ref, the, I mean, the umpire would go straight and I'd turn around and say, come on, man. And he says, he said, you better shut up. It was a strike. If the umpire says it's a strike, it's a strike. Can I get a witness? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and if you slide in a base and the umpire say you're safe, you're safe. When the umpire makes his call, you have no call. Can I get a witness? And the reason that we so messed up in 2012, when the umpire, who's the Holy Spirit, when you let him rule, when you let him be the umpire, when you let him call the balls and the stripes, for the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 7. Let the umpire rule. The problem is we're trying to rule him. We're trying to tell him. We're trying to outdo him. He talks about the rule, but then he talks about the riches. 16, and let the word of Christ live, dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Well, wait a minute. How does the word dwell richly within me? Can I get a witness? That is, I begin to memorize scripture. I, I begin to say Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I, Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm, can I get a witness? Psalm 100, make a joyful noise. I, I wish I had a witness up in the house. The more scripture you memorize, filth gotta take a flight. The more scripture you memorize, you got power when trouble comes. The more scripture you memorize, you got promises when you're out of strength. The more scripture you memorize, he says you ought to rejoice. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making grace in your hearts to the Lord. You got to sing to yourself. How many of y'all sing to yourself? Yeah, yeah, I've been singing all my life. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. That ain't going to help me when the devil's on my track. Can I get a witness? Y'all ain't with me this morning. Huh? I did you wrong. That ain't going to help me when the devil's after me. But if I start singing, my hopes is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy lead on Jesus' name, on Christ. The solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand. He talks about the rule, the riches. He talks about the rejoicing. He talks about the remedy in verse 7. And whatsoever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. How do you do everything in the name of Jesus? WWJD, would Jesus do it? What would Jesus do? Would Jesus smoke a J? No. Would Jesus cuss somebody out? No. Would Jesus cheat and connive? No. Would Jesus stop tithing? 
Now, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus go to the movie to see a triple X picture? No! Gives us the remedy. And then he deals with our relationships. 18 to 22. Four words, submission, love, obey, and honor. That'll keep you straight. But then he ends with the reaping, 23 to 25. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily to the Lord, not to men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there are no privileged characters. Y'all ain't getting this. Do you know everybody that tried to wrong you belongs to him? Do you know everybody that tried to cut you down belongs to him? Do you know everybody that tried to shortchange you belongs to him? Do you know everybody that gossiped about you belongs to him? He said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I wish I had a witness up in this house. We need a believer's objective, a believer's operation, and a believer's overcoming child of God. Jesus' objective was to come. Jesus' operation was to be crucified. And Jesus' overcoming was to conquer death, hell, and the grave. Can I get a witness, child of God? We need a new focal point in 2012. I need to keep my eyes on him. I need to stop looking at Sister Gordon. I need to stop looking at you. I need to stop looking at my feelings. I need to stop looking at my, my past. I need to stop looking at my hurts. I need to stop looking at my mess. I need to look at him. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and present you faultless, 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 faultless. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Happy New Year. We need a new focal point. You need to concentrate. You need to be faithful to the end. You need to focus on him. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here and you need to be saved, it's the first Sunday of a new year. Give Jesus your life. He died for your sins with buried rose again. Is there one? Raise your hand. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, not go to hell. Raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join the church. Raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Father, thank you for 2012. Keep us focused. Depression, dilemmas, difficulties, and our own personal dysfunction can cause us to lose sight of you. Help us to let you be the umpire, to control our outcomes and incomes, our ups and our downs. And as we leave this place on this New Year's Day, we choose to focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't look anywhere else but up. Happy New Year's, Wednesday is core, God bless you.